Why did it say recording finished? Stop scaring me. That's what it's, I mean, I don't, I don't know. This don't recording know. is about to be a ghost. Stop. That's what happened the last time. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we just weren't meant to cover this topic. It's just ghost ships. What the fuck? <laughs> Perfect way to introduce <laughs> the subject. Well, hello. It's just ghost ships. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Welcome to the ghost ship. Yes, welcome. What would you name your ship? Um, that's a good question. All aboard the... I don't know. I'd probably name it something stupid. Like, I don't know. I can't even... All aboard the you... dynasty. The dynasty. What the fuck? <laughs> I don't know. It just came. It just came to me. I have been watching a bunch of like royal related TV shows. Like I started watching, well, first I started with The Crown and then I moved to Rain and now I'm on Versailles or Versailles. Are you yeah. feeling royal? I am. And it's because I was doing my ancestry DNA thing. Mm -hmm. And on my grandma's side, her mom on that line of family uh there was nobility they were like i think there was a duke and it just trickled down from there but um yeah so it got me like looking into all this shit and it was in it was like around france but i'm only one percent french or well that's what that Look dna at that. Thing is. so i got really into it and now i'm like Invested. <laughs> I need to watch all of them. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes. What if it like really? Not that this would happen, but what would you do if it like really went to your head and you were like, "Not now, peasant." I mean, I act to like everyone. <laughs> this is true. You're a nice person, but it is true. I could see yes, that. I do. You have, I have royal blood. I Be gone. I text Kelly and I was like, <laughs> I'm noble. <laughs> I'm noble, bitch. <laughs> Newsflash, I'm royal. Yes. That's cool. Um, but oh, how the mighty have fucking fallen. <laughs> uh, but also, think about it this way. Like, if you have, like, maidens and stuff. I mean, I'm sure some of the royal family might have, like, what the hell is that? Where? Now I hear music. Anyway, guys, if it's loud on my end, I'm so sorry. Um, I will edit out what I can, but what I can't, just deal with it. Because we're talking about important things today, like all the time. So um, I forgot what I was talking about. But, oh, 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 say like down the line, a bunch of people do Ancestry.com, all that mm -hmm. stuff. And they find out that there's so much royal blood out there that just got dispersed. And yes. it's because of that, like all those yes. affairs and stuff. <gasps> To find yes. that out would be <laughs> it's, a it's when Caddy Heron got nominated for prom queen and she's like, You mean I was really nominated? <laughs> and she starts like <laughs> and Damien and what's her name are just like making fun of her. Oh my god, I forgot all about that scene. That's funny. You're not pretending anymore. You are plastic. Ew, you sounded exactly like her. Cold, shiny, hard I've been practicing. Um <laughs> 
Anyways, guys, we are on the royal ghost ship today, and Danielle is going to share with us some spooky tales. I am. Here we go. So a ghost ship is defined on Wikipedia as a vessel with no living crew aboard. It may be a ghostly vessel such as the Flying Dutchman or a physical dialect found adrift with its crew missing or dead. The term is sometimes used for ships that have been decommissioned but not yet scrapped, as well as drifting boats that have been found after breaking loose of their ropes and becoming carried away by the wind or the waves. Oh, my God. She knew I was thinking about her earlier. That's weird. Okay. So the first one is the Mary Celeste. On November 7th, 1872, the Mary Celeste left New York for Genoa, Italy. On December 5th, 1872, the ship was found abandoned near the coast of Portugal. Everything on board, including the cargo and the crew's belongings, were undisturbed. The last entry in the logbook was dated November 25th, and the only thing missing was a single lifeboat. Ten people had simply vanished, leaving behind no trace of what happens to them. A sounding rod, which is a device that measures how much water is in the ship's hold, left behind on the deck, led some to speculate that perhaps the crew mistakenly believed the boat was sinking and then abandoned ship. But whatever happened to them remains a mystery, because they were never seen or heard from again. Eek. Spooky. The next one is... The SV Lunatic. A Jur Sturk was an accomplished sailor who had completed a solo trip around the world between 1991 and 1994. In 2007, he set out from New Zealand on another journey. At 70 years old, he was looking to become the oldest man to ever sail around the world without touching land. In April 2009, his sailboat, the Lunatic, was found adrift off the coast of Australia. Its sail was torn to shreds, and the last entry in the logbook was from January 1st, and Sturk was nowhere to be found. Christ. Mm-hmm. That is one of my biggest fears ever. Is Lost at sea. Yes. I can't even... Oh. That's what I was about to say, because once you're out there and you and you don't have a map, you're fucking, you're done for nothing. Well, yeah. And I mean, I especially back then, because at least now maybe a random plane or like a shipping, like a ship yeah, with like oh trade God. stuff on it might find you. But oh my gosh. Yeah. And no, I'm bad with direction as it is. And <laughs> I'd be like looking around. Okay. Water that way. Water that way. And then you're fucking <laughs> making the fucking boat move the wrong way. You've been going backwards this whole time. <laughs> You don't even know where you came from. Yeah. Well, if all you see around you is water, you have no really like landmarks yeah. or anything. <gasps> That's why, Awful. hello, according to Moana, you use the stars. I'm sure. Yeah, well, all the damn stars good. look the same. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> they don't. That was... And they're all dead, so they would be like wow. me. <laughs> what are they? <laughs> what have they done? My ancestors are up there shaking their oh, head. Oh, shit. That's, that's, There's one star blinking. Like, it's my ancestors being like, this way, you dumb bitch. <laughs> How lucky are they? They're all dead. 
How lucky could they be? They're dead. Yeah. That's from Mulan. It is. It is. Ah! Okay, anyway. The next one is the Carol A. Deering. The Carol A. Deering cargo ship and its 10-man crew successfully made it to Rio de Janeiro in 1920, despite needing to change captains when its original one fell ill. But something strange happened on its way back to Virginia. A lightship keeper in North Carolina said a crewman who didn't seem very officer-like reported the ship had lost its anchors while the rest of the crew was milling about suspiciously. Another ship spotted the Carol A. Deering near Outer Banks the next day in the area that would have been a strange course for a ship on its way to Norfolk, Virginia. The following day, a shipwreck was spotted, but dangerous conditions kept investigators away for four days. When they went aboard, they found food laid out as if they were getting ready for a meal. But the crew's personal belongings and the lifeboats were gone. The federal government followed leads on pirates, mutinies, and more, but they all came up fruitless. Which is fucking scary. How do people just go missing like that? That's what I want to know. It's people that go missing in general is just terrifying. It's just so chilling. Yeah. I mean, and yeah, because you don't know yeah. anything could happen. I guess at sea it would be a little bit easier to just be like, well, they fucking drowned in the water. But I don't know. That's still scary either way. Yeah. Ooh, have you seen mm-hmm. um, Open Water? Yes, both of them. I didn't see the second one because I could not get it together for the first one. I was freaking out. For some reason, the second one scared. I mean, the, granted, the second one went above and beyond compared to the first one, but the second one scared me more than the first one somehow. Because oh. I mean, the first one was just bad luck, whatever. But the sec on the second one, what happens is the group of friends are on a yacht, <clears throat> and one lady is scared of the water, so she stays on board. Plus, she has a baby. She brought her baby oh with my her, God. <clears throat> and it's like a tiny baby, so she has to like be with it all the time. So. She stays on board and everybody's messing around in the water. And the point where everything turns uh, into the movie pretty much is when this guy is messing around, he picks her up and jumps in the water with her. And nobody had put the ladder down into the water for them to get back on the yacht. Oh, fuck. But of course, they don't realize that until unless you're like you're paying attention and you know how like yachts and boats work, Mm. you get it. But so the audience will get it. But then when they're all in the water and they're like, okay, let's all get out and have lunch or whatever, then it all gets fucked up. But with the first one, it's just that they got left behind, which that's on a that's based on a true story. So that makes it all the more terrifying. But uh, that's terrifying. Christ. And just you against nature again, hoping those sharks swim away. And they ate the husband in the first one, right? I think so. I think, I think they did, what ha- because it was night. They never found either of and them. I was freaking out. <laughs> That's really scary. Ooh, oh god! And I'm sure the water <laughs> gets really cold at nighttime too. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, that's so scary. To What's that fear called? A fear of the ocean? What is that called? Glossophobia? Yeah, I have that. (laughs) Deep water. When you look down and you can't see it. Oh, my God. You see your feet and then it's just blackness. Stop it. (gasps) Let's go to the ocean. No. Oh, my God. That is seriously one of the hugest Mm -hmm. fears I have. That one and heights. God damn it. I hate it. Oh, yeah. That zip lining stuff that people do, it might look like they're going slow, but when you're up oh, there. No, you're going fucking uh, to the wall. 
Oh no. I sh- I'm shaking just thinking about it because we went to the Royal Gorge recently and there's a thing where you can like zip line over the gorge and it's like this huge canyon. Oh no. And I was seeing people do that and also they come in swinging. They come in like those that like those livestock on that chain. <laughs> and so there's a there's a net behind like in front of them so that they don't fly into the people watching and then you just see the look of terror on their face when they're coming in and they're going so fast and the rope has to freaking hold them. Yeah, fuck that. <clears throat> from flying off the line. I wouldn't even Anyways. be able to enjoy the view because my eyes would be closed the whole time cuz I'd be Imagine getting stuck right over the middle of the Dude, oh my god, that's so scary. We went, that reminds me, we went to um, the Grand Canyon a couple years ago. Yeah. Or actually, it's been a while, but we went to the Grand Canyon. They have that skywalk, like the- Oh, the glass floor thing? And it juts out into the canyon. Mm. It like makes a little U because you go around into, out into the canyon and then you come back to the edge. Mm -hmm. I went with my parents and my aunt, my uncle, and my cousin. And I really didn't think it was going to be that bad. I was like, oh, it's going to, it might actually be really cool. I knew my fear of heights was a thing, but I was like, it's okay. You're you were okay. facing it a little. Yeah. Well, I get up there. I literally <laughs> like froze. Mm-hmm. I was petrified and I was like holding on to my mom and my mom is dying laughing. And I'm like <laughs> closing my eyes and my dad is behind me laughing too. Like, <laughs> open your eyes. He's excited like a kid in a fucking candy store like yeah look With down the wind and open your knees. eyes and all this shit i'm like can you just <laughs> stop so i'm shuffling my way because i didn't want to pick up my feet that was also scaring me yeah so i was like shuffling the whole way i was like trying to yank my mom along and it was so scary my aunt and my uncle oh, were like I- laying on the ground taking pictures and shit and i'm like how just watching to put other that people. much trust dude yes oh my god it was terrible Mm-mm. oh my god no thank you kim kardashian was a hero to many whenever on t- on her show they were in the most amazing rainforest i don't even remember where they're all zip lining she's up next she's about to do it and you know that she's only doing it for peer pressure reasons but like the true queen she is, she backs out of it with grace. And back in the day, I didn't understand. I was like, okay, she's just a crybaby brat. She's not going to do anything she doesn't want to do. But now I totally get it, girl. If you're up if you're up in line for that roller coaster and your stomach is telling you don't get on, don't fucking get on. Nobody, you're not trying to impress anybody. You don't need to be uh, up there proving yourself whatever if you don't want to do it you don't want to do it don't force yourself that took a long time for me to freaking grasp yeah yeah <laughs> it's you giving don't me fear. actually have to do what everyone else is doing exactly i mean what are the odds that that glass doesn't crack on those kinds of things that they have <sighs> like that one guy who was um showing people how strong his windows were on like the 50th floor and so he would always oh, like run and yeah. jump into it and one day that glass was feeling a little bit under the weather and it said, nope. And he went flying. <laughs> that is actually really terrifying. Good Lord. Jesus. Yeah, I don't, I mean, I'm not about being like a, a scared of everything, but at the same time, there's really no point uh, of facing your fears if you really don't want to. Yeah, there are to. certain things that you just gotta, you just gotta do it. You just gotta not. Flash forward it. to us skydiving in three years. Fuck all of that. Us, yeah, <laughs> us skydiving and me dying or both of us dying jesus we would go out together that is not comforting abby <laughs> then someone would get to do an episode on us together 
Yeah, that just, would be super bad. And you won't get on a plane. You won't get on a ship. Nope, I won't do any of that. I'm not going anywhere. I'm staying right. She's strictly here. a land, a land and soil girl. Yes, I am. <clears throat> I would Perfect. love to go across seas, but I'm scared of. It's just both yeah. Ways. It's putting your trust into something or someone else. Of course, is just ugh, yeah. when the stakes are so high. Oh God, I'm freaking out just thinking about it. Back to the water we go. Next is the MV. I don't know if it's Joyita or Joyita. I don't know how to pronounce it, but mm, where's she from? Um, from Samoa. Oh, then I don't know either. Interesting. So I'm just gonna say Joyita because that's what it looks like. Uh, the trip from Samoa to Tokelau was only supposed to take 48 hours. The MV Joyita was carrying 25 people, and somehow over the course of two days, they all disappeared. There were signs that something was wrong on October 6, 1955. The merchant vessel was due in Tokelau on October 5th, and when it didn't arrive, the Royal New Zealand Air Force began a search and rescue operation. But by October 12th, there was still no sight of the ship. The rescue mission was called off. Five weeks later, the captain of another ship spotted the Joyita off the coast of Fiji. It was more than 600 miles west of Tokelau. It was practically lying on its side, thanks to its cork-lined hull. It was nearly impossible to sink, but the ship was clearly wrecked. Mm. There was no sign of the captain, crew, or passengers. There were bloodstained bandages found on the deck, and it was clear that the boat had sprung a leak but no one could figure out why everyone abandoned ship. Over the years, mm. dark theories circulated from Soviet submariners kidnapping the crew to Japanese fishermen killing everyone aboard. As mm. recent as 2002, family members were still researching what could have gone wrong, and one professor insists the most likely scenario is that a corroded pipe was leaking and flooded the boat, forcing the crew to abandon ship. But still, nobody heard from them after, like... Right. Or where would they end up? Or... Yeah. I don't know. That's weird. And also, I mean, I guess they couldn't tell that the ship was going to be fine, or that the boat was going to be fine. They thought it was, like, going down, I guess. Yeah. So they just all... Isn't that embarrassing? I would stay with the ship. Even after it went down, I would break off a piece of it and just try to freaking stay afloat. Because once you're in that it. water... Yes. I don't Ooh, know. No. I feel like hyster- <laughs> I feel like hysteria is a is a big factor in a lot of these cases. Yeah. Well, yeah, you panic, you don't know what the fuck you're going to do, but at the same time, most of these or some of these are like people that are have been on the water multiple times, you know what I mean? Like they're yeah. they should be used to There must have been a reason then. Yeah. Most to really set it off. I guess I could see it if it was like a cruise ship. It's just a bunch of civilians just the bloody bandages. I mean, maybe they were attacked by another boat. Maybe. Or I don't know. There's a whole thing. Mermaids. They were eaten by mermaids. <gasps> that one's a good one. Ooh. I like that. The next is the Kaz 2. In April 2007, a 32-foot catamaran was spotted by a helicopter off the northwest coast of Australia. The helicopter pilot noticed that the catamaran seemed to be drifting and no crew was spotted aboard. Two days later, search and rescue teams boarded the CAS-2. 
There was no sign of the crew, and the Cas 2 left Queensland, Australia on April 15, 2007. It was manned by three people, Des Batten, the owner, and Peter and James Turnstead. They had planned to sail around the northern coast of Australia back to Perth in western Australia, where they lived. But when rescuers boarded the empty boat five days later, they were puzzled. Everything was in its proper place, including the life jackets and the emergency beacon. The only things wrong were that there, that one of the sails was shredded, a half-empty coffee cup, an open newspaper, and knives were strewn across the floor. And yet all three men were gone. There was an investigation, hearings, coroner's reports. In the end, it was believed that one of the brothers had fallen into the ocean while trying to untangle a fishing line, and the other two fell in trying to rescue him, and all three drowned. But their bodies were never found, and no one will ever really be sure what happened aboard the Cas 2. I just realized it said there were coroner reports, but I thought there was only a coroner if there was a dead body. Right. So then these coroners are just speculating like everyone else. They're no, they don't really have anything to go well, off That doesn't make sense. They were just asking questions in the matter. Hmm. But I wonder what the fuck happened here if... I mean, I guess that could be a thing, what they said, that they all fell in like that. But what, why was there everything all over the floor? And the knife and the sail, the sail was shredded up. Yeah. Mm. But no signs of a storm, eh? Nope. Weird. Next is the Sayo. When Filipino fishermen boarded a seemingly abandoned yacht in 2016, they weren't prepared for the sight they would find. Oh, this is the one where I sent you the picture. The mummified body of a German sailor, Manfred Fritz Borjat, had been sailing around the world for about 20 years. He'd last been seen in 2009, although a friend said that he'd heard from Borjat on Facebook in 2015. There was no evidence of foul play, so a year would seem like enough for the warm, salty air to mummify the body, until an autopsy revealed he died of a heart attack approximately one week before. Mm. I sent you that picture. Yeah, a long time ago. You'd have to send it again, probably. The SS Valencia. The SS Valencia was a passenger ship that struck a reef on a journey between San Francisco and Seattle in 1906. Over 100 people died as the ship filled with water. The Valencia was equipped with five life rafts. In the aftermath of the disaster, only four were found. Following the wreck, there were reports of a lifeboat with eight skeletons and a nearby sea cave. Lifeboats being rowed by skeletons of the Valencia's victims. Uh, The shape of of the Valencia within the black exhaust emanating from the rescue ship city of Topeka's funnel and a phantom ship resembling the Valencia with waves washing over as human figures held onto the ship's rigging. Sailors also reported seeing the ship itself in the area in the years following the sinking, often as an apparition that followed down the coast. Hmm. 27 years later, the last lifeboat was found It was floating completely intact in the Barkley Sound off the coast of British Columbia, Canada. There was no one on board, no indication of how it had survived so long at sea. It just appeared empty, seemingly out of thin air. 
and the Valencia, it was left to rot on the reef. For years afterwards, sailors claimed they saw it floating unmanned out in the sea. Mm. Crazy. Imagine someone has just suffered a shipwreck and then a lifeboat comes floating by. That is fucking crazy. They would be that would be lucky. <laughs> I was reading um like people the people that survived it, like their accounts after. And most of them had to well, most of them that could get to the shore, it wasn't really the shore, it was like big ass rocks. It was like the end like where mm land started so it was like big ass rocks well they would get onto the rocks but the waves would crash on mm-hmm. to the rocks and just be beating these people into the rock so yeah the ones that survived said that they could hear them screaming and people drowning in the water oh. and like flailing about and then like people in the lifeboats like screaming and like yelling and shit too and then they could hear the people that were left on the actual valencia like just it was just chaos and a nightmare. Next is the Giant Singh. The Giant Singh was a tanker ship found floating near Queensland, Australia in 2006. There was no crew and the weirdest of all, no registration. There was a broken tow line at the bow and it was inoperable with the interiors gutted. So Queensland police surmised that it was being towed to a salvage yard. But there was never, but they were never able to find out anything else about it. Not where it came from, not where it was going, not how long it had been out at sea. All they knew was that it was called the Giant Sing and it was adrift, and the rest remained a mystery. Mm. How the fuck does that even happen? And that was in 2006. What the fuck? That's scary. Is there a ship version of Christine? Oh, I don't know. I'm sure. Next is the Ocean Wave. In July 1975, Dutch performance artist Bastian Adder set sail for Cape Cod in a 12-foot boat. His goal was to set a record for the smallest boat to ever cross the Atlantic from west to east on a solo journey. After three weeks, radio communication with Adder was lost. Ten months later, Mm -hmm. his ship was found adrift off the coast of Ireland. He was nowhere to be found. Some people speculate that his journey was his last performance piece, that he had intended to commit suicide once he set sail. Others think he may have accidentally fallen overboard, which is not an unreasonable assumption for an inexperienced seaman. But whether or not his di- his disappearance was intentional, the body of work he left behind has turned Adder into something of a folk legend. Hmm. That one was interesting. The Zabrina. In 1917, the Zabrina left England for France. Only two days after its departure, the ship was found off the northern coast of France. It had run aground, and the captain and crew were missing. The boat was perfectly intact, which led some to speculate that the crew had been held hostage and taken aboard a German U-boat, which then sunk. While there is no evidence to support that theory, a ghost ship found during World War I is awfully suspicious. The High Aim 6. In January 2003, the High Aim 6, an Indonesian fishing boat, was found floating off the coast of Australia. When the Australian Navy came across the ship, something was amiss. The engine was on full throttle and the main gas tank was empty, but the auxiliary fuel tanks were still full and untouched. Ten tons of bonito tuna were kept cold, but the captain chief engineer and all 10 crew members were missing 
The captain hadn't been in contact with anyone since December. Phone records show that the engineer's cell phone had made numerous calls after the ship was found. What the fuck? Mm. When police tracked down one of the crew members, he said that the crew had worked with pirates and that there had been a mutiny. The captain and engineer were killed and the crew had gone home. Just another day of murdering and fleeing the scene. No big deal. The crew member couldn't explain why the captain and engineer were killed and no charges were ever filed. The police never found the rest of the crew either. They didn't want to be questioned. Well, if they lived. But that's the thing about water too is like on the ocean, depending – there's no like lines drawn for like who rules what part of the ocean Uh – so if a crime is committed on the ocean, then they're, I mean, they can't really do anything really like punish anyone. Um, yeah. I mean, I feel like there might be some things that they can, but, <clears throat> um, like this, yeah, the pirates could have just killed all the crew and dumped them in the yeah, water and no one would have, because yeah. I'm sure they told them that they would give them money. And instead of having to give them money, they just killed them. Mm-hmm. The Nina Yacht. The Nina Yacht's crew reached out to meteorologists with concerns about dangerous weather conditions in 2013, then stopped responding. Given the 70-mile-per-hour winds and 26-foot-high waves, it seemed obvious that the boat had met its match and never made it through the storm. A fruitless search effort might have been the end if it weren't for a mysterious message. Three weeks after anyone had heard from the crew, an undelivered text reached one of the meteorologists. Thanks, storm sails shredded last night, now bare poles, it read. Noting that the boat was still on the move, the family of a 19-year-old girl on the boat took that message as a sign that she was still alive. Their private search turned up satellite photos that they thought might be the missing Nina, though most experts say it was just a large wave. What the? I don't know why they got excited. It was an undelivered text. Like, it didn't send until after it got service again. Well, superstitions. Mm -hmm. You've seen that that kind of thing, though, right? Where it's like emails from beyond the grave or like stuff like that. Yes, I have. That's really weird. Anyway, <clears throat> for another time. The SS Orang Meden. Meden? Meden. I don't know. In 1947, the Orang Meden left China for Puerto Rico. In June of that year, several other ships in the Strait of Malacca, Indonesia, received an SOS from the Orang Meden. It read, all officers, including captain, are dead, lying in chart room and bridge. Possibly a whole crew dead. After a moment, another message was transmitted. I die. When the crew of another ship was finally able to board the Orang Meden, they found all of its crew dead with terrified looks on their face. No. They decided to tow the boat back to land, but before they could do that, the Orang Meden exploded and sank. Its wreckage has never been found. (laughs) I'm scared. You were just talking about emails from beyond and this fucking message. How the fuck is he going to message I die? And then. I know. Okay. That takes a lot of energy. So. There is speculation that the ship was carried, was carrying highly toxic chemicals, 
Some even allege it was carrying biological weapons. Many believe that the Orang Maiden is just a myth, that it never existed at all. Maybe it's just sailor's lore, but with a story this good, does it really matter? Could be a cover-up. The rest of them, they're all going to be folklore and legend. Spooky. Yes. Mm, Okay. Lady Lovabond. Levibond. The story goes that the ship was at sea on 13, 13 February, (laughs) February 13th, because her captain, Simon Reed, in some accounts, his name is Simon Peel, but I'm going to say Simon Reed, had just been married and was celebrating the occasion with their crews. According to several accounts, the ship was bound for Oporto in Portugal. Despite the longstanding sailor's superstition that it was bad luck to bring a woman on board, Reed had brought his bride, Anita, with him on the ship. According to legend, the first mate, John Rivers, arrival for the hand of the captain's young wife, was pacing the decks in jealous anger. While the captain, his wife, and their guests were celebrating the marriage below deck, the first mate was seized with a fit of jealous rage, casually drawing a heavy club-like belaying pin from the rail the mate walked Mm. softly up behind the crew member at the wheel and felled him to the deck with one crushing blow rivers then seized the wheel and steered the ship into the treacherous goodwin sands killing everyone aboard oh my god a subsequent inquiry into the disaster recorded a verdict of misadventure the first spotted sighting of the Phantom Lady Lovabond was on February 13, 1798, and it was reported by at least two ships, the Eden Bridge, captained by James Westlake, and a fishing smack, whose name is not on here. Its alleged 1848 appearance convinced several seamen that a wreck had occurred, and so they sent out lifeboats uh, in hopes of rescuing the survivors. But there was fucking nobody there whenever they got there. Dang. Yeah. And Captain Bull Prestwick alleged, <laughs> si- allegedly cited her in 1948 and reported that she looked real, but gave off an eerie white glow. And there was no reported 1998 sighting because apparently it was like every, I don't know how many years they would see her, mm. but it stopped, I guess, in 1998. Weird. Next is the ghost ship of Northumberland Strait. The legend of a ghost ship in Northumberland Strait dates back at least 200 years, and it is typically described as a beautiful schooner that has three or four masts with pure white sails, all of which are said to become completely engulfed in flames as onlookers watch. The Northumberland Strait separates Prince Edward Island from New Brunswick and Nova Scotia, and according to local folklore, the ghost ship appears before a northeast wind and is a forewarning of a storm. A number of legends and ghost stories exist that describe sightings of the ghost ship over the years and include descriptions of, in, of distinctive outlines of the ship's masts and phantom crew members climbing them before the vessel supposedly either completely burns, sinks, or vanishes. According to legend, in 1900, a group of sailors boarded a small rowboat in Charlottetown, Charlottetown, Charlottetown. Char- I don't know, whatever, one of those. Charlottetown. Um, 
harbor and race towards the phantom ship to rescue the crew only to have the ship vanish. Jesus. In January, <sighs> that would be so annoying. I know. You get all the way. The, I would probably freak the fuck out. Like, what just happened? Where did it go? I know, Imagine how many emergency calls they got and then they'd be like, okay, <laughs> knowing that it might not be there when they get there. Yeah, that's terrible. In January, but, oh what? Spooky. So it's like a reoccurring haunt. Yes, it just that would irritate me. <laughs> You'd be like, okay, this is not sad anymore, just annoying. Yeah, and you can't even be like, <laughs> I'm not even going to go out there because I know what it is already. Because what if it really is? Right. Already? What if it really is? Explore. In well. January 2008, 17 year old Matthew, I guess it's Greer. I don't know told a local newspaper he believed that he saw the legendary phantom ship describing it as a bright white and gold ship another mm-hmm. resident melvin langill also claims that he saw the ship one night in october explaining i believe in all that stuff and i don't know what else it would be okay thanks melvin <laughs> <laughs> thank you for your great insight <laughs> The next is the Eliza Battle Steamboat. It's getting hot. Um, <laughs> the- it's all the semen talk. <laughs> I just can't help it. And you said a wreck, and I was gonna make a joke, but it was it was about a, a an accident, so I didn't. But you said a wreck and semen within Ooh. the same story, and I was I was like, hmm, erect semen. There it is. Wait, a semen erect. With semen. semen comes out of the erection. To share. Oh my gosh, play on words. Okay, anyways. The Eliza Battle is a ghost vessel that is seen along the Tambigby River in Alabama. Or Tom Bigby, whoops. She was a side-wheeled paddle steamer that was first launched in 1852. Throughout her life, she was a luxurious riverboat that hosted presidents and dignitaries alike. The story of the disaster that struck her has become a part of southwestern Alabama folklore. On March 1st, 1858, she carried 56 passengers and a crew of 45. She was fully loaded with more than 1,200 bales of cotton. In the beginning morning hours, a strong north wind began to blow. The temperature decreased, ra- decreased rapidly by 40 degrees in just two hours. Being the winter, the Tombigbee River waters ran high. Around 2 a.m. near Beckley's Landing, it was discovered that several cotton bales on the main deck were on fire. The strong winds spread the fire quickly. The crew realized the blaze was out of control, and they forced the passengers, who were all in their nightclothes, to seek refuge in the icy waters of the Tom Bigby River. Some survived by floating atop cotton bales, Other survivors were found along the flooded river in treetops and rescued by local residents. This was the greatest maritime disaster in Tongbigby River history. In the aftermath, it was found that 26 people in all had perished. All of these casualties were attributed to exposure to the extreme cold during the night. The steamboat itself, after the fire started, continued out of control downstream. The Eliza battle finally came to rest above Kemp's Landing near what is today the bridge near Alabama State Route 114. What was left of the ship sank. The burned wooden hull is still there, located 28 feet below the surface. 
The Eliza Battle became known as the Phantom Steamboat of the Tom Bigby. Many newspapers account newspaper accounts of the sighting of this legendary ghost vessel have been written. Wow. These sightings tend to happen on cold and windy nights. The ship is seen fully engulfed in flames near the exact location the disaster took place. People have seen the name Eliza Battle written on the side as the ship passes and then vanishes. Other witnesses near the riverbank describe seeing the flames, but state curiously that they did not smell a fire or feel any heat. Some have reported hearing music playing within the ship as it burns. Oh my god! Fishermen and captains alike in the area consider the ghostly appearance of the Eliza battle to be an ill omen, for she is a har- harbinger. <laughs> if seen, it is believed she's she warns of impending disaster. Mm-hmm. The phantom canoe of Lake Rotamahana. Ooh. Uh, 11 days before the eruption of Mount Tarawera on the North Island of New Zealand, a boat full of tourists returned from the terraces, returning from the terraces saw what appeared to be a war canoe approach their boat, only to disappear in the mist half a mile from them. One of the witnesses was a clergyman, a local Maori man. Uh, nobody around the lake owned such a war canoe, and nothing like it had been seen on the lake for many years. It is possible that the rise and fall of the lake levels caused by pre-eruption fissures had freed a burial waka, which is a canoe, from its resting place. Traditionally, dead chiefs were tied in an upright position. Whoa. They were tied in an upright position on the canoe and then set to sail. Uh, <laughs> oh my God. A number of letters have been published from the tourists who experienced the event. Though skeptics maintain that it was a freak reflection seen on the mist, tribal elders at Tewara claim that it was a waka where I can't fucking pronounce this one and it's like a tongue twister so i'm not even gonna try and fuck it up (laughs) but anyways it was a spirit canoe basically and uh it meant doom was coming uh it has been suggested that the waka was actually a freak wave on the water caused by seismic activity below the lake but locals believe that a future eruption will be signaled by the reappearance of the canoe Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm If anyone from New Zealand is listening, I am so sorry. (laughs) Yeah, you should be. I tried. And I failed. Um, But now, last, it's my favorite, the Flying Dutchman. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The story of the Flying Dutchman begins in 1641 with a captain and the employment of the Dutch East India Company, Hendrik van der Decken. <laughs> Hendrik van der Decken and his crew were returning to Holland from the Far East when they, like all trade ships, had to risk the dangerous passage around the Cape of Good Hope. Legend has it that as van der Decken and his crew attempted to round the Cape, a storm began. The crew begged their captain not to sail into the storm, but he was determined to face the chaotic waters and screaming winds. Vanderdecken vowed that he would sail around the Cape even if it took him until doomsday to accomplish it. Some say that at one point, an angel appeared to Vanderdecken and the Dutch trader shot 
at his otherworldly visitor. With that, the ship's fate was sealed. The Flying Dutchman is said to appear as a ghostly glowing ship. It will material... <laughs> Sassy. Did you- <laughs> I heard that. <laughs> took a big ass breath um, and snorted out. <laughs> uh, it will materialize suddenly and then just as suddenly vanish. Some claim the ship, doomed to sail the seas forever, will attempt to make contact with other travelers, and that seeing the Flying Dutchman is a sign of horrible misfortune to come. And some others say that they will see Orlando Bloom as the captain. (laughs) Orlando Bloom. I forget that when you think Flying Dutchman, your brain goes to Pirates of the Caribbean, but my brain goes to SpongeBob. Well, that was the first thought, too, but I'm also (laughs) – I'm out of the SpongeBob phase. (laughs) Right. I guess I'm not. But the Pirates of the Caribbean? Caribbean. I I, I don't know how you say it. I say Pirates of the Caribbean because it flows. It just flows. Yeah, that's what I thought, too. Um, That would be something, wouldn't it? I'd, I'd jump on that boat. Actually, I don't know. I'd rather Johnny Depp be the captain. Ooh, yeah, I'll follow uh, Captain Jack Sparrow anywhere. That's what I'm saying. I feel like he should have just stayed in that character for the rest of his life just to like make everybody happy. Well, they were going to just and they fucking so well. didn't let him. Dang because it. of all that shit with Amber Heard. Right. That was a great character for him. Really I can't believe that happened. That really sucks. That's sad. Yep. Very mm. sad. That was it. That was my ghost ships. I loved it. I know I was quiet. I had to like kind of mute myself a few times, but um, and I have to take a massive shit the size oh, of the flying right. the size of the flying. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess the the warning here. I feel like we. I had more to say the first time around, but I don't remember anything that I said, I so I don't really we, know. I don't think you did. I honestly think we said more this time than last time. It was probably a bunch of random. Anyways, long story short, if you want to avoid seeing any ghost ghost ships, just stay away from the ocean because I don't think they – Ghost shits. That's me. (laughs) I hate that. Do you ever feel like you've been working on one for a long time and you look and there's nothing? I don't look. I just – I'm like, okay, I don't – I love looking. I get impressed. I sometimes want to take a picture. Mm -hmm. But one, but I, I realized that I think what's happening when that happens is it just like slides down. What? On its own. It like it goes down the drain. Oh, like yeah. when you I'm talking about those moments when you know something yes. dropped and you look in there and nothing is it in there and you're like, what the Yeah, fuck? it definitely went down. That happens the only time I feel that way is whenever I'm on my period and I know a blood yeah. pot has fallen out, but I don't see it and it's in gone. the <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Well that happens with my my ghost shits. Your ghost shits. Ghost shits, mm-hmm. ghost blood clots. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we just grossed everyone the fuck out if you leave this in. Fine. Get out of here. We don't need you anyway. Are you talking about me? I mean, we do. Oh, no. Like- <laughs> no. Unless I grossed you out. I hope I don't ever gross you out. Well, not. I don't know what it is. I feel like women don't get grossed out as much as men do about anything. I mean, in general. There's some girls that I do. guess it's some topics. Yeah. Some things. There are some things with that anybody. some girls can't talk about. And I mean, that's fine. But- Hunter is still like 13 years old with his fear of menstrual blood. I'm like, um. Are you serious? So that, anyway. You don't have sex yeah. on your period? I don't because I don't feel comfortable sometimes. Mm-hmm. But I mean, we do. If it happens, it happens, whatever. But yeah. 
if he comments on it, I'm like, oh my god, just get out of my face. It used to get on my nerves, but now I'm just like, whatever. <laughs> it doesn't bother me. Oh, it just shit. goes with the territory sometimes. You can't change people. I guess blood will always be his thing then that he's afraid of. Anyways, regardless of where it comes from. Um, no, but I really did think he was gonna faint whenever I broke my arm. Oh, oh, I remember that. <laughs> and I think my dad almost fainted. Oh, that's a big thing with like labor whenever like the the men are allowed to oh, be in there. Yeah, dude. My brother um fainted. <laughs> For the second kid. He didn't for the first, but my mom, like the doctor, it was hilarious. <laughs> my mom was so like into what was happening, like the baby being born. Me. That would be interesting. My brother was fainting. <laughs> <laughs> That's very common. Some people can't look at their wives the same after that. Not in gen- not like in a bad way, but they're just like, wow, I can't believe that <laughs> happened. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's so crazy. Ugh. Talk about warrior. Dude, for real. Every time I see women, I used to watch TLC with my mom a lot, and we would watch those um, birth shows. Oh, my birth story. <laughs> yes. Imagine being on that show. How embarrassing. Actually, there, I ran across a TikTok of a girl <laughs> that was on the very first episode. Oh, she was neat. The baby being born. Oh, uh, when you look your worst yeah. is whenever you're coming out covered in that stuff. It was really weird. It was, I felt super old. It's, yeah, true. And it's also just different, like, from it being on TV versus them saying who they are and stuff. It's like, oh. I agree. Dang. Anyways, land or sea, you came here for the creeps and Daniela delivered with the ghost ships. And I'm about to go take a ghost shit. So everybody, take a listen to this. Let us know what you think on our Instagram, Give Me the Creeps. Um, let us know what you think on Twitter at Give Me the Creeps. And don't forget that we're accepting DMs on listener stories. Uh, whether it's you or someone you know who experienced something creepy, let us know about it and we will share it on here. Thanks for listening, you guys. So did we give you the creeps? <laughs>